Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. So welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I'm so glad you made it along today. Today I'm talking all things personal branding, as you know, and uh, today I have a fantastic guest to share with you. Uh, But as you know, we talk personal branding, all things brand you, because people buy from people and they buy from people who they know, who they like, and who they trust. So the Brand You Show is all about for those people who are thinking about um, perhaps going out on their own as a solopreneur, a thought leader, Um, an expert in their field. You could be a researcher, academic within a university, or you could be even an entrepreneur within your organization and trying to position yourself in your industry. Or perhaps you're a thought leader in your own right and you're working under yourname.com. So um, today's guest, I'm so excited to be able to to share with you today. And today's guest has been a business journalist. She's reached an audience of over 20 million people with an estimated 1.4 million words in her time. So she knows what it takes to produce high quality, sticky content. Uh, For over 16 years, she's written for some of Australia's leading business publications, including the BRW, the Financial Review, um, uh, Leading Company, Smart Company, Boss, crikey and uh, business spectator so she really knows her stuff and particularly around that big corporate audience Uh, she's been responsible for producing great content that helps get customers excited on a regular basis Uh, and it's not just and she says it's not just easy but it is really possible so how many of us procrastinate on that so welcome today the amazing and talented Kath Walters (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Jane. That's very kind. Thanks so much for that introduction. Thank you for coming along. I know how busy you are. You work with some of, you know, the uh, some of Australia's leading thought leaders now, but you also, you know, in the past you've worked with so many with these publications, your background with in journalism, PR, all that side of things. But I don't want to take it away from you. Can you just tell us a bit about the type of business you have? You operate under Kath Walters com so we we get to learn a bit about your business but also you help personally branded businesses too so tell us a bit about your business and who you help and how do you help them fantastic thanks Jane um I as you mentioned I was a journalist for 16 years um, and a few years ago about three I, I set up a practice starting to look at the whole idea of content marketing and how we can publish, you know, in in these days of the internet and a sort of democratised media, how we can publish to build our own audience and our own brand. So uh, I think a brand is, is... is made more valuable by the stories um, that it tells and the audience that it builds. Um, So that's really what I help companies do. I help, um, uh, as you say, I help a range of people um, uh, who are running um, thought leadership practices typically Mm -hmm. um, who who have great ideas 
um, who've often worked um, for many years in, in really um, uh, challenging roles and have really emerged with a whole uh, palette or a suite of really valuable ideas and, and approaches um, that they share with their clients. My goal is to help them to learn how to publish those ideas in such a way as to really build an audience. And uh, so I call that kind of publishing sticky content. <laughs> mm, and how did you come up with that term, sticky content? I love it. Yeah, it's a beauty. Look, the um, there's a very uh, famous um, book about the idea of um, what content really what ideas um stay with us and it's called made to stick oh. by chip health uh chip heath and dan heath mm -hmm. and um so i guess uh initially i have to admit i actually called it magnetic content right which i also loved um but um somebody started a business called magnetic content so i decided to move on and sticky content i liked um even more especially because of its reference to this um which is really one of the best sellers on the on the um on the uh, in the market around what ideas um survive and what ones die so i i want people's ideas to survive and thrive and and spread all over the world and attract um a readership and an audience which is that whole idea of sticking mm, and and Cass, you know you've got kind of that that that's sort of your message around having sticky content, but you still operate your business yourself under uh, kathwalters.com. Is that right? That's right. I mean, sticky content's really just a metaphor. Yes. Um, and, and that's why I wasn't too um, too concerned, really, to let go one metaphor for another. To me, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's a lovely metaphor, but I, I'm, I'm always capable of thinking up a new metaphor. <laughs> my, my business is, around, is built around my expertise. And one of the things that I think... Um, journalists learn um, in their in their profession is is how to tell a story that builds an audience. I mean that's what the media game is building right. audiences. Um, it's in somewhat of a sort of state of flux at the moment in terms of its business model, mm. but um, traditional media is is the same as as has always been the same audience first and then um, a, a business model, and that's really. Uh, one of my key messages, build your audience first and then you'll find ways to um, build your business from that audience. Right. And, Kath, have you found in your work with working with people, I mean, you've just had so much experience, have you found that the value of being able to build an audience, I know for me, I, in one of the earlier podcasts, I talk a bit about when my business changed over to yourname.com, um, the audience was easier to build through that content with the clients you work with. Has that been your experience? My experience really is that we've got to, um, we need to focus uh, our, our business around our name because it's the kind of approach that we have to um, providing services and products mm -hmm. that people buy. So the modern world um everything's very commoditized mm. and we don't want to play in that space. No. What we're doing really is building a brand around our name. But the only way to effectively do that is to have really good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sticky content, um, it, it's, it's two words that describe a, a very deep idea around um, 
uh, that starts with making content relevant. So it starts with the whole idea of putting readers first. Yeah. And, it, you know, there there are, you know, that goes into, there, that's part of a model around three elements of which relevance is the first. And within each of those three, there's, a you know, there's more depth and more depth. So I think when we have a depth of ideas and we have those, we associate those with our names, mm-hmm. it's very, very powerful as a branding, um, uh, as a mechanism for branding and that's what I try to help my um, my clients to do is to is to really build their um, content for readers mm-hmm. and build a great deal of depth and Kat with that work that you do do you um, is that uh, like I think about when I think about content or when I'm talking to people quite often they think about just just blogging or their social media. Are there other things that you you find work well with how you leverage that content too? Absolutely, and I think it's. Um, I do encourage my clients to think broadly about content. Mm-hmm. For one thing, um, I encourage them to think about writing books because they're so powerful as a positioning tool. Right. Um, using those books to create their blogging and content marketing, and using their um, book and content marketing to actually attract traditional media coverage. So there's those three elements, but also to broaden out our notion of what a blog is, you know, a blog. Mm. Okay. It can be a, a, um, it can be a, an opinion piece or it can be what you're doing here, an interview with someone who's working in your, within your broad field, who's got an interest in your interests. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. I interview other people. I write, I wrote about the company that took my name, Mag- Magnetic Content. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on my website. I write about lots of, um, uh, they didn't take my name, by the way. They, they had that name and, and uh, you yeah, we just had both come up with the same name. Right. But, you know, I, I thought it was great, you know, an interview with my doppelganger. Um, and <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I also report on, on news and surveys about content marketing. I write about events. So if we think about it, there's a lot of different forms of content. And you only really have to go to your, you know, your newspaper. They do still survive to find um, to, to find a list. You know, crosswords are contents, quizzes or diagnostics are content. Right. Um, news, events, um, the, you know, digests, shorts, snapshots, <laughs> profiles, case <laughs> studies. There's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a great deal of richness. And I think we could all benefit if, if, if content marketing became somewhat richer. Right. And Kath, I some I don't know if you've found this, like what do you say to people who, you know, like with the whole brand yourname.com, I find that quite often people feel like, you know, I'll set up my name.com and then, you know, then I don't have to do much else. Um, but if they're not writing content, you know, things are or they're not putting together content, like you said, if it's whether it's interviews or writing or whatever it might be, um, uh, you know, your business doesn't just, you know, you don't just set it up and it looks after itself. You have to do the work. But what do you, how, like, if what's the impact if somebody isn't writing content or putting together content? What happens? Yeah, look, I think, um, 
There's a couple of really important points there. I mean, the first one is is straight out that Google rules our world, you know. Um, mm-hmm. we They have developed algorithms to outwit the SEO um, uh, formulas. And, and what Google prefers, and I have to say, um, uh, I agree, they prefer to have quality, unique content and, and, you know, that's well researched. So if we're not blogging um, and putting out quality content, we are just not going to rank very highly. I mean, there's other ways of getting it, but it's one very important way. The other thing is that when we blog, we build credibility over time. So I can claim to know a lot about um, content marketing, but if you go to my website and see that I've written over 120 blogs on the subject of content marketing, I don't have to claim it. I can show you that I've... So it's it's that show, don't tell approach to to really building trust with with our audience. Mm So... The second part of, of my content model after relevance is reliable, is this idea of being reliable. People want to do work, and you mentioned it right at the start, with people that they trust. Mm-hmm. And the way one of the ways we build up that um, trust is by delivering reliable content to them regularly over a long period of time. Right. And... Um how do you know, like, because if they're doing that work, like, and it's just that real consistency and keeping it going, isn't it? Oh. Um, uh, how do you know if you're you're working under your name dot com, you're blogging? How do you know it's working well for you? Other than you know, possibly sales, and sometimes you mm. don't. It's hard to always make that link. But how do you know if your blog's working really well for you? Yeah, well, that is one of the beauties of of modern um, the modern media. I mean, in my sixteen years in in print media, really, um, your chances of getting any reader, reader feedback. I mean, you could be going out to what yes. you know over sixteen years and um, uh, you know added up to twenty million views, if you like. How often out of that would I end up with somebody actually ringing me up or sending me a letter? Yes. Very, very yeah. rarely. <laughs> Um, and usually I need to complain. So um, <laughs> um, uh, what we get now is a response, you know, and, and I think that this is the great value of social media. So when social, when, when we have a con- really solid content, mm-hmm. both curated content, so I strongly believe, as you do, in sharing other people's ideas yes. and also our own original, well done, you know, accurate, reliable, regular content, um, uh, we we have something that makes social media meaningful. Yes. Good content makes it meaningful. You know, you're really doing something to help contribute. And what you tend to get is a response. So people either, you know, they might um, they might retweet, which is really cool, yep. or they might simply follow you, or they might make a comment or like on LinkedIn. And I have to say, you know, on LinkedIn, um, it's very um, it's very consistent with the personal brand mm-hmm. um, LinkedIn because it's about you, your posts, and you get uh, um, when someone likes or, or comments on your piece, you can actually see who they are and hopefully either connect with them if you haven't already yeah. or actually sort of respond and say thanks and you know I really appreciate your comment and you know it's great to so you actually have this real conversation going on because I guess in the end our our goal is to move out of the virtual world yes I love it but what we're doing is trying to get 
in front of people face to face to have a real conversation. Yes. And what I believe is that that takes time. We just don't rush. Yeah. None of us do into those things until we feel that it's going to be worth our while. Yes. Um, until we feel that they've, we've got something to say, you right. know. So all these things inhibit us from, from making content. The idea of our content and our social media is to start to slowly take away the barriers between us and potential customers and clients Mm -hmm. and say, let's have a conversation about you, about what you (laughs) need and what you want. Right. And being able to have that freedom of expression or being able to capture that, you know, I think is so powerful, yet you know, so many, I think um, the data I've shared is only about 1% on, of people on LinkedIn do it because they're so scared of, and you would see this all the time, I imagine, where people, are, they don't know what to write or they're scared of what people will think or that they're worried that I'm going to look like a know-all or, mm-hmm. you know, so I just kind of go, you know what, I think I'll just do nothing. But then mm-hmm. nothing happens. <laughs> so... Worse than nothing happening really is that somebody steps into our space. So when we leave a clear space, um, other people will step into it and it's much harder to be catching up. Now, if, if, you know, if someone, uh, what happens after three years of blogging on content marketing is that in a sense, I've kind of put a stake in the sand that's saying, look, in 2013, I was blogging about content marketing I've been following this you know this whole process uh, this whole um, sector as it develops and the evidence is there so wow. that's that's one um, really nice thing mm-hmm. but what I do think uh, find is that people feel quite vulnerable, um, mm. naked really. Yes. They feel naked yes. about publishing, mm. and I totally understand that. Um, I it's just that I, you know I I have I can remember I can remember the excitement and the terror of my <laughs> <laughs> my first stories coming out, mm. and that's really part of what I offer in my service is to be. Um, the first person to read my client's stories. Um, there's whole systems for that in, in the publishing industry. You have a whole sequence of people who do read your stories, right. your editor, your sub-editor, all these people read it right. before it goes out. So in the democratised media where we're all publishers, um, I perform that role for my clients and I advise them when they finish with me, um, when when our mentoring program is done, to actually employ someone to do that. It's just simply employ somebody to read and, and make sure that you can trust that person to say, wow, that doesn't make sense or, you know, you've made a mistake. It's so easy to make a mistake. Yes. The other thing I do, though, is just teach people the principles of good content. Um, you know, like I said, there's those three elements. Um, but the key thing is to write about stuff your readers care about. So if we actually focus on our readers and we're writing about what they care about and we're not trying to big note ourselves, they're very forgiving, you know. You know, they don't forgive boring, but they forgive, you know, (laughs) they forgive a lot of stuff. Yep. But they don't, yeah, I mean, we, we, we haven't got time to forgive boring. So yep. I do help people a lot with trying to make things exciting. But relevance, you know, so writing for your reader, writing something relevant, mm-hmm. that is going to, you're, you're going to be forgiven. Right. 
The example I give is, you know, if you get a, an email from your client or if you're in work from your boss, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how boring it is, you're going to read it, aren't you? Yes. Because it's highly relevant. That's right. So we, if we get relevance right, uh, we can okay. really, we'll find that our audience forgives us while we develop ourselves into absolutely fabulous writers. Wow, that's great. I think that that's a really memorable thing to, I think that what you've just said is really sticky for me because I remember yeah. when I first started, I think I was so scared of being boring and uh, and that was what was holding me back. So I think if you're, you know, helping clients with that um, is just so powerful and that relevance if the, and being able to make, uh, make sure that that relevance is there, that people are forgiving. And I think you're absolutely spot on. I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing that you've um, talked to me, we've talked about before, um, mm. uh, is that you can also just just start by sharing other people's stuff. Yes. You, know? you yeah. can build a lot of relationship with other with a community by being a generous curator. Yes. And when we do that, we read a lot of stuff that we find interesting and our ideas start to form and then we've got something to say. Yeah. So yeah, and, and again that's relevant. What's relevant to your readers? You can share from other people. Yeah, it, there's a there's so much out there. I think last year 118 billion dollars was spent in content marketing and this year there's due to be 135 billion dollars spent so that's there's a lot of noise out there but the more that you can make it relevant but also you don't have to go and necessarily even to get started you don't have to reinvent the wheel you just look at what's out there and just act in service of your audience they're actually not paying that much attention to you if you act in service yes. of them. It is true. It's true they're not paying attention until we make a mistake. Then That's they pay a lot of attention. But, um, yeah, no, look, out of $118 billion worth of content, there's got to be something there's, relevant to our audience that we can share. I'm sure that there are many um, there are many great sites uh, in my field in content marketing. There are some excellent sites. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I love sharing um uh, other people's ideas and sometimes I share ideas that I really disagree with yes. and I'll say, I, I <laughs> really don't agree with this idea but, yeah. you know, it's a really well put argument. So what do you think? Yeah. And that to me is service to the, you know, that is where I'm in service to my readership yes. and I'm worrying more about relevance to them yes. than sort of any outcome for myself because I trust the outcome. Yes, and I, I find that too. There's a lady on uh, LinkedIn and I share quite a bit of her stuff. Now, she's a competitor. She's in the US, but I really like what she has to say. And I think, oh, she's written something oh, that's really relevant for my audience and I hadn't thought about it that way and she's absolutely right. Do I need to go and write the blog on it? No, but more than happy to share and, you know, and I acknowledge her. She often likes my posts and says thanks for sharing and she'll share something of mine and, you know, I think they're just in this world of abundance. There's, it's when you come in that scarcity mindset, and but come more from being in service of others, um, then that's what you're talking about. That audience starting to build around you, and then you sort of elevate. You elevate. Uh, it's more about elevating them and their thinking, isn't it? I think so because. Um, 
you know, what can happen then is if if you have a lot in about which you agree and then you're, you know, this person that you're curating shares something that you don't agree and you say, look, you know, I often share, you know, this person's work, but this time I don't agree with them. Mm. Within that context of all that generosity yes. and and um, community, it's very possible for, for that kind of um, dialogue to happen in a constructive way. And that is really serving an audience too, I reckon, to yeah. give, you know, um, a depth of, of ideas. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you've got so, you've had so much experience with this, Cass. Are you um? Uh, so, what are your plans for the next twelve to eighteen months? What's on the horizon for you? Hmm. I've got this really exciting um, book project that I'm working on called The Future Makers, and mm. this is a long long term vision for me. So, the first um, it's I'm I'm currently pulling together the first book in this series and it's called The Future Makers in Digital Technology. Right. And um, I am uh, inviting 10 leading thinkers in, in, in the field of digital technology to contribute to this book and then we will jointly publish it. So it's a, if wow. you like, it's a joint self-publishing project. Okay. Um, and I see, uh, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity to um, sort of build a series of books that are really um, showcasing Australia's thought leadership and our innovation and our, you know, our sort of um, sassy thinking and our, you know, it's it's very exciting to me. Wow. And, um, yeah, I really love getting out and talking to people who, who even people for whom this is not the right time, for example, to contribute, yes. um, are all very excited about um, reading the book. Right. And so, yeah, so as well as contributors i really hope to build a big um a big uh, uh group of uh, audience of readers for these ideas because i think these are ideas are uh, really groundbreaking ideas so yeah that's one of my most exciting projects and uh, you know and i'm very interested in the moment in in books i help people to write and publish their books because books are so incredibly helpful to us um mm in terms of establishing our authority. Right. So as authors, we build authority. And so, Kath, if we, those that are out there listening and they want to get in touch with you or find out how you can help them with their book or their content plans and um, blogs and or contribute to the book, um, yep. what's the best way to get in touch with you? Look, please come uh, or please just email me or um, on Kath with mm -hmm. a K at kathwalters.com.au. Uh, give me a call. Uh, my phone number is actually on my LinkedIn um, uh, um, page and, uh, you know, connect up with me or just go to my website and send me a message from there. Um, yeah, really welcome. I love to talk to people about what they're doing um, and see if there's uh, ways that I can help. But, of course, I'm in a community of, of fabulous people. So sometimes, um, yeah, I can simply say, look, you better talk to Jane Anderson. <laughs> mm -hmm. And vice versa. Oops, that's the yeah. person for you, yep. All right. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Kath. You've been so generous in sharing uh, your thoughts and advice. So for those who have been listening, um, I think some big takeaways from Kath really today about I love um, Kath's sticky content message and, and um, that people are buying your approach and they're buying that, you know, that lens that they're seeing you, the way that you see the world through and how you build your audience. And from that audience is where you will um, build that pool of people who want to work with you because we talk about that 
factor of people wanting to get to know you, um, they like you and they trust you, particularly because your your content, your blogs and your writing, or if you're going, thinking about building your, uh, creating your book, is really that positioning for you as an authority. Um, so if you uh, have any comments, thoughts, I'm going to pop the podcast up and I do share it on LinkedIn as well. So um, love to hear your thoughts uh, and if today's been helpful for you. And of course, uh, what would be even more awesome is uh, when I put up on LinkedIn, if you connect, is uh, even if you want to share your blogs, I'd love to know what you're writing and, and um, you know, that creates a, a community of people who are doing this type of work and we get to know what everyone's up to so we can, we can help each other. So um, love to hear how you're going. So thank you so much again, Kath, today. Your message really is fantastic and I love your Future Makers um, idea too. I think that, that um, is, uh, this, is, this is the future, the content is the future. So um, thank you for making yourself available and to everybody else, uh, have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks, Jane. Thanks right. for the opportunity. Bye.